Welcome to the Meet Me podcast, a podcast all about our multifaceted human nature and constant journey through self-discovery with personal stories and insights around trauma, motherhood, relationships, spirituality, and individuality. I'm your host, Michelle Malik. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Meet Me podcast, a podcast all about our multifaceted human nature. I'm your host, Michelle Malik, and through this podcast, I hope to help others transform and transmute their trauma and experiences into power, purpose, and connection through open and vulnerable conversations. I'm excited to bring to you the second half of my conversation with my husband, Um, This portion is a little bit more focused on our journey to getting married, but also um, about our son Alistair and how having him has really allowed us to take on different roles and identities. Um, So I'm super excited to jump into that. Before we do, though, I did want to just briefly announce that I have some exciting things on the horizon. I am so grateful that I was able to book most of my February full of conversations with different guests, um, all of which are from different backgrounds that have really incredible stories I can't wait to share with you. And so I wanted to just get you excited for what's to come on the podcast. If you have been enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share um, with somebody that you love, or if there was a an episode that really resonated with you, um, be sure to share that and spread the word. I'm so, so grateful for your time and your energy as always, and um, cannot wait to continue this journey with you and see how it continues to evolve. Um, Without further ado, let's dive into the episode. We were in Seattle for about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. I understand that you were considering... um, proposing while we were out there I think and then I decided that I wanted to propose and I asked your brother for Mm -hmm. his permission and he said yes and that was after we had come back from our third anniversary trip to um, Canada when we went to Victoria Victoria, and I was driving him back to his place and I asked him and he said it was a resounding yes I felt like there was enough there that he knew that you know you were in good hands and I treated you treated you right and that you were in love with me and you know, all the right things were there and in place. And I, I feel like, you know, him being an observant type could understand that. But I I did not expect him to be so supportive of yeah. it. Um, like right away. I, I barely got the words out of my mouth and he was already smiling and like, absolutely. And I was like, yeah. wow, okay. And yeah, I mean... He was like, everybody in the family loves you. Everybody in the family knows that Michelle is the best version of herself with you. And it's what's best for Michelle. And we all support it. I can tell you that, you know, I have that on good authority from all of the family that that's how we all feel. And I was like, damn, I didn't, I didn't expect, Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to be so thorough, especially not so soon. Like I had just met Tom, you know, we were just starting to get to know each other. Um, But I wasn't considering proposing yet, but I just, I knew that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And 
I think there was just other things that were happening at the time. We yeah. were both so unhappy in Seattle because of the isolation. Yeah. And because the, of the I think weather. the weather, the expenses, <laughs> the cost of living. The cost of living. Commute. <laughs> there was yeah. a lot of things, I think, that kind of yeah. finally led us to head out of there. But yeah. I think, like, as far as the engagement goes, I mean, obviously it was very special. I had freaking bronchitis um, when it happened, so I was not feeling my yeah. best self that night. But um, But everything was, you know, as I could have imagined, I was so happy, crying, tears of joy and all of that. And we had already decided very early on that we were going to do a um, fairly long engagement. I don't think we were in a rush necessarily to, like, be on paper, get married. Um, and then when we finally decided that we were going to get married and started planning everything, it was 2020. <laughs> and... COVID happened and kind of like made things a little bit difficult um, because we had like I had like my bachelorette trip planned for Mexico City. We had our venue booked, everything and all of it had to fall away and, and get canceled. And so it was a really stressful time because we kept having to go back and forth about do we still go forward with it? Do we just, you know, wait and see? But it was there was so much unknown at that time. It was like the constant updates of you know, different CDC measures, different regulations. And so we just felt, I think, at that time that we were like, okay, let's just do it. It doesn't have to be how we necessarily envisioned going into it, you know, not like the huge lavish wedding, which I think was a huge blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah. Um, we saved some money <laughs> that way. Well, but yeah. but we, we definitely wanted to like still get married. The way time. I saw it was that was just another hurdle. It wasn't even, you know, we COVID was difficult for everybody and of course. very much more difficult for a lot of people that we knew, you know, um, and I think there was always that part of it in my mind just kept me humble and kept me grateful for what I had and what I had access to still. Um, this is after the first, you know, the first month or two of quarantine, where everybody's freaking out and thinking we're all going to die and this is the zombie apocalypse. I think that was pretty normal across the board. Um, but after that point, that's really when I started to come to and recognize it for what it was. And I just realized that I, I was so fortunate to have access to what I had access to and that we had each other and we still had our families and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but what I loved about what ended up happening with our wedding I mean, we've been to a few weddings since then, right? Mm -hmm. It's all the same. A thousand people. <laughs> everybody is everybody is wasted. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a wedding. So, I know I love a wedding too, but <laughs> hear me out here. Hear me out here because this is important. Okay. Like, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. It would have been great, right? It would have been a lot of fun. Our, I know that our wedding would have been, the people would be talking about it still, how much fun they had. I know that for a fact. I know that's what you and I bring to the table. When it got shut down and when we decided to go in a different direction and we did a drive-through wedding, totally Vegas-style drive-through wedding, we got custom masks that said Malik 2020 on it. We got hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer as, as like little table gifts, favors. like little party favors. <laughs> like little centerpieces had oh, yeah. hand sanitizer with like custom engraving, you know, Malik wedding 2020. It was like hilarious. Yeah. Because that's at the root of who we are. We are funny people. Well, and we just we like just go with want, the flow. You yeah, go with the flow. Like... 
But figure it out. we find a way to joke. Yeah. We find a way to turn it into a joke. At least that's my perception. Not that our wedding was a joke, but we said our I do's in the back of an, like, like a pink drop top Elvis car. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember the person. I'm pretty sure the person that was reading our vows, that was reading it to us, was wearing a name tag. That's how unserious it was. Mm-hmm. And we were both in, in tears because of just how powerful and profound that moment was. Yeah, because it, we were was, still getting married. Getting married. You know, like, That's the thing. It's just like, we had this, cool, this cheesy setup for mm-hmm. our whole family and friends. It was like, still, even with all of the things, all the chips stacked against us, we found a way to turn it into something fun and memorable for everybody, including ourselves. And that truly encapsulates how powerful our love is and how powerful our relationship is and has the potential to be. And it's like 10 years has just gone by in an instant, but I feel like we're barely just getting started. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the most exciting part. Well, I think that is a great segue into what you wanted to talk about with Arsene and Alistair yeah, because yeah. having him, I think that is like a constant reminder of like, holy crap, we have a whole life to experience with this boy he's only two now he has a whole lifetime we're his parents you know like he's not gonna not be our child yeah and it really blows my mind thinking about the future that we have with him and what that's going to look like and you know how we'll continue to grow in that way but yeah I guess going on to our son obviously having him was a huge shift in our relationship marriage you know of course personally we took on new identities as mom and dad and mm-hmm. you know how to adjust to those things as well yeah definitely an adjustment for all the reasons why people say it's an adjustment and then some i've said this before but it was just a moment for me to fall in love with you all over again that was an example of shedding skin and transforming you know you took pregnancy very seriously um and i realized that from the beginning and look I never, if you, before you got pregnant, if you were to ask me to describe you, if somebody were to ask me to describe you, I would use many beautiful words. Not one of them would be studious. I would never have described you <laughs> as a studious person. Yeah, I don't like reading very I know. Much. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, Unless it's something I really, really care well, about. Well, but so that's the point, right? It's <laughs> yeah. just like, it's like I never would have described you as a studious person. And then I felt like the day you found out you were pregnant, it all changed. It's like information overload. It was, I was like, I have to know it as was much Every as day you were reading something. Every day you were watching something. Every day you were looking, you were seeking new, like the latest and greatest information. You were on, you know, all the prenatals. You were doing all the things that you needed to do. And that was, I, it just like, it took the fear out of me. Mm-hmm. Because I was no longer afraid of oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It was just more of like a, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. I'm as ready as I'll ever be because I knew who I had with me, who my Mm -hmm. partner was. And I was so secure in giving you the floor to run the show when it came to, this is how we're going to have this baby. This is how we're going to take care of this baby the first couple of months. This is when we're going to move into this next phase this is when we can expect these growth patterns to happen. And it was just like, it blew my, I feel like you could do your own podcast on just that stuff alone, by the way, but it just blew my mind how 
committed you were to this. Yeah. Not that I didn't think you wouldn't be a committed mother, but you were committed to being the best mother. Mm-hmm. And I think like I, I've touched on that. That was huge for me. Yeah, I've touched on that a little bit in the podcast of like we have access to information at that time I just felt like it would be irresponsible to not utilize it. Now everybody comes to it on different levels and I think to some extent I may have overdone it in some areas because as I've talked about previously before like it kind of took a mental toll on me a little bit but I'm so grateful that I did it because I mean I look at our boy and he's amazing and I feel like we did so many of the right things. Obviously we're still adjusting and learning new things with all of his changes and development but I feel like, and and one thing I do want to talk about that you kind of touched on is like you giving me the space to really take charge on that was so helpful because, and this is something that I always say to anybody who is looking for like advice or parenting advice when they do have a partner. I mean, I'm so grateful that I have you because I can't imagine, you know, what that struggle is to not have a partner supporting you throughout that whole process. But I think the biggest thing is like kind of identifying what your role is. Obviously, as a mother, like you're carrying the child, you're birthing the child. There's no way out of that. But outside of that, you know, obviously feeding and things like that early on, too. But I feel like for us, it was so important to have some sort of delegation on what our responsibilities were, especially in that newborn stage. Like we were sleep deprived. We were, Mm. you know didn't know exactly what we were doing. We were figuring it out for the first time, even with all of the books and information that I had at my disposal that I had, you know, ingested over that time. Like I didn't, I've never done it before until then. And so yeah. I think there was a lot of trial and error for us during that time. But I think the hu- the biggest thing that helped us was kind of deciding like what our main role was. And that way there wasn't any like lack of expectation for each other like yeah. we kind of knew where we needed to be and not to yes. say that we didn't fill in for each other when it was necessary but like I was a mother and I, I and I so appreciate you for allowing me to kind of hold that title with as much responsibility and weight because there are a lot of people out there who kind of just see like oh the mom she does everything for the house yeah she takes care of the baby she cooks she cleans whatever and it's like I never had to worry about that because you valued the way that I mothered so much yeah. Yeah. and we're willing to be the supplier for a family, go out and fetch things. I mean, you still do that to this day, like helping maintain the flow of the household and l- allowing me to kind of create the atmosphere and the development of him. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a natural tendency for babies to lean towards mommy as it is. Sure. Um, but it, kind of just happened to go that way. And I'm happy that we have, I mean, these two years later, you mentioned that I'm still doing, kind of upholding that role. It's nice to know for anybody, this is where I belong in my house. This is what I provide for my house. This is what I do for my family. And it's little things. A lot of it is all just little things, but combined, put all of those little things together and then do that day over day over day over day the impact is insurmountable. Mm-hmm. And you like feel fulfilled at the end of the day because truly, you know that you fulfilled the role that you're meant to that play. That we did what we needed to do. Know? And it's also helpful too because now we both have a point of like accountability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we have these roles and we embrace it. And we give ourselves space to embrace those roles. But, you know, we hold ourselves and we hold each other to it. You know, obviously there's days where you can't deal and it is what it is. There's days where I can't deal. It Mm -hmm. is what it is. But, I mean, I think you can count on 
two hands the amount of times that you needed to go out and fetch something or if you've needed to go out and make dinner or you've needed to fix something in the house or you've needed to set buy something and put it together, you know, because I couldn't do it. Right. Like I, I've made it my objective to do that and make that my responsibility for the house and that's a good thing. I need that. Not like I need to f- fill this like traditional patriarchal role, but like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love being who I am. I love being daddy. I love walking in the house or walking downstairs and you guys are playing together and he is happy to see me. Mm-hmm. And I, I notice that that's a common thing where I'm walking into the room when the two of you guys are together more times than not. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm always out of the room or out of the house and then coming into the house. And like he sees me that way. He gets excited to see me because he didn't see me. He's like, yo, dad's here. And it's cool. But at the same time, make no mistake, if the two of us are together, he's not hugging on me and holding me and letting me take him upstairs. You're doing it. Yeah, of course. Like, you guys have that bond. Yeah, we have different bonds with him um, just because of the different ways that he sees us. If it's mom or dad, it's going to be mom 10 times out of 10. And I think that's beautiful. I don't take I don't take offense to that. Like I don't take that personally. I think that's awesome. I think that's beautiful. And I think going off of that too, just to clarify, like it's not like you're not available or capable of being with him alone because I feel no, like of course not. I'm so again so lucky that I have a partner to support because as we've talked about through this podcast, but I really hold my individuality very strongly. I have to I've always said like I think we even had this conversation early on when I was, when Allie was still a newborn and um, the conversation of me going back to work was coming up and everything like that. But I had decided like, I cannot be a stay at home mom. Like that can't be my only role. And I think it's so beautiful for the moms out there who can fulfill that role and like feel like that is their purpose and that is everything. And yes, Allie is 100% part of my purpose. But I've always like wanted to do things for myself, to develop myself yeah. separately, to have relationships, you know, go out with my girlfriends, have that sense of like, again, individual individualism. So that way I can come back home feeling more full, feeling yes. more energized. You know, the whole saying of like, you can't pour from an empty cup. Like, I feel like those opportunities where I get to be somebody other than just Allie's mom helps me to be an even better mom to him. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. I think you make a great point. You have to fill your cup. And as much satisfaction and fulfillment we get from our boy, you know, it is, there's only so, there's only so great that we could be for him if he's the only thing that we do. Mm-hmm. We have to think about 10 years from now, right? We talk about this all the time too. I feel like a lot of what you and I are doing separately as individuals are building towards becoming his heroes. Yeah. I want to be his hero, and I've said this so many times, I don't want to just be his dad and be like, well, you got to respect me because I'm your dad. No. That is how I was raised, and that's how you were raised. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of us were raised by the previous generation. To be fair to them, they didn't know any better. Yeah, of course. But now that we know better, and now that we understand, we're able to extrapolate that from our experiences, our childhood trauma in some ways... And open that up and make those changes. It's like, no, I want him to want to be friends with me. Mm -hmm. I want him to want me around. How do I do that? 
I have to have hobbies outside of just being his dad. I have to do other things besides just work all day. I have to, you know, I like to lift weights now. But he's gonna—he's a boy. He's yeah. gonna go through these hormonal transformations. He's gonna discover his strength. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna start getting hair under his arms. He's gonna start stinking like a dude. And I don't know about—I don't know if you can relate to this, but a lot of dudes at that age start to be like, yeah, maybe lifting weights is actually kind of cool. Maybe it's kind of cool to have muscles. Maybe it's kind of cool to like be strong, right? Or know what you're doing. So he gets to respect me for a whole totally different thing that has nothing to do with me being his dad. It's just I happen to be a positive male figure in his life mm -hmm. in that way during that time. That's just an example. Like, obviously, I do a lot more than just lift weights. It's yeah. more than what my identity is, but, like, it's a part of it now. Mm -hmm. And he's going to get to see that, and that's a healthy thing, right? I need to do right by him by doing right by myself. That's right. the best thing that I could do for my boy is by filling my cup so I have something to pour, you know, I have something to pour into this relationship that's not just, well, I'm your dad, so yeah. when I tell you to do something, you're going to do it. Or, I'm your dad, so you're going to come with me. No, no. Let's hang out because you want to hang out with me. Yeah. How about that? And give him that choice, give him that freedom from a very early age. I think we're setting ourselves up, and I think we're setting him up for a very happy life if we do that. And I think, if we continue doing yeah, that. I think what you just said kind of reflects what we've been talking about this whole podcast about our relationship, but just really any relationship. So whether it be, you know, a romantic relationship, you know, child relationship, family relationship, friend relationship, it all comes down to doing the things that feel authentic to you that fill up your cup and then having people around you that support that and also are doing the same thing that you feel like you know, you're choosing to spend that time with this person or you're choosing to have this person in your life to the extent that they are and that it's, a, you know, reciprocal. I know we've been talking about that a lot too, but I think that it all starts from a place of understanding yourself, understanding what it is that you enjoy doing outside of your identity that's tied to that one particular relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just be your wife. I don't want to just be Ali's mom. I want to be Michelle, but I also am all of those things, yeah. you know, but I have my, is. yeah, exactly. It all kind of yeah. adds up to the whole, but isn't, isn't. Just cause like it. those are the most important things about you, at least right now. Of course. Being a mom my priorities, and, yeah. and a wife, like it's not all that you do. It's not all you are. And you know, having that realization now in our early 30s while our relationship is still fresh, right? Like all things considered, mm -hmm. 10 years is a drop in the bucket for a lot of long, successful, healthy, happy marriages, right? But like us discovering that and taking action on that now before we resent each other, that's inevitable in a lot of relationships too. Resentment. Yeah. Like, if this just stayed stale and we just kept doing the same things and never tried to change and never tried to grow as people, do you think, like, 20 years would go by in this relationship and we'd be like, yeah, I'm stoked on my wife still. I'm stoked on my husband still. No, I'd like, I think there's a natural tendency to want to gravitate away from that because there would probably be so much resentment toward me and there'd be so much resentment toward you for not, you know, pushing better, for better for each mm -hmm. other. And like now that we are and it's come from like a happy place and it didn't have to come from like a terrible falling out. It didn't have to come from like this awful traumatic experience. It just came organically because we both wanted that for ourselves and for each other. 
man, we're so lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're so lucky that, that we have that, you know? Of course. Um, and, and to that point, too, I know a few other couples that do that for each other now, too. Oh, yeah. And definitely. not just because of us, but and we're not doing it because of them, but we just happen to see from the outside looking in that it looks like they're taking up new hobbies. They're taking up, they're trying new creative ventures. They're pursuing, pursuing their education. Things. They're pursuing their education. Career, they're, tr- yeah. they're, they're trying new things and they're staying together while they do it. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's, you can only imagine behind closed doors, they're pushing each other in that direction. They're supporting each other in that direction. Like we know a couple, one of them started doing music and the other one is recording it. And it's like, that's all, they've been together longer than us. And like I think that's awesome that they do that kind of stuff for each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is this is a new world for both of them, and they're both pushing each other creatively to do things that maybe before made them feel uncomfortable. You know, that kind of stuff I think is the secret to a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. I think that's the secret to a happy life together and to reinventing. I I think that you know obviously I love you. I appreciate you for doing this and having this conversation. I know that we have these conversations fairly often and so it kind of feels natural, but I it's forgot nice we were to the podcast. <laughs> but it's nice to kind of filter these all all into sort of a cohesive foundational idea of like yeah. looking at our relationship over the years and where we came from, where we're headed. Um, I think we still have a lot to look forward to and I'm so grateful for the time that we have shared together um, and the lessons that we've learned both as people, individuals, and as a couple. So we'll end it there. And um, for anyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, You can actually find me. I just started a new Instagram page to focus on my Healing Healers podcast journey. Um, So you can follow that at meetme.michelle on Instagram. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you so much for your time and energy. And I can't wait to share with you again soon. I love you. (laughs) I love you.